I'm excited to share the thought that I have, and it's been inspired by um, a pastor that I love from America, I follow, that leads Mosaic Church. You might have heard of Pastor um, Erwin McManus, uh, big fan, I think he's amazing, but he recently released this book called The Genius of Jesus, and I'm not going to try to explain it because he's already taken the time to diligently explore and communicate it in a way that I could not dream of at the current point, at this current point in my life, but I love that simply it's this idea that the genius of who Jesus is is displayed on the human heart, on the human spirit, that he came to unlock a genius that exists within all of us, that God placed within us to show us what perfect humanity can be, to give us something to actually move towards. And I love that filter. I love that way of looking at the world. What is genius? And he says that it derives from the same word as the word genie because the ancient Greeks saw it as a touch of the divine, a touch of the gods. It was genius was something extraordinary, something they couldn't explain. And I love this filter. What around me is touched by God? What around me stands out? And so I recently went over a message that I preached a little while ago at youth and I saw it through this new filter. And I think there's something that we need to look at tonight that we maybe haven't had the full revelation of its genius, of the genius that God has placed within us. And I think because of that, we we may have become a little bit careless with it. And that would be okay if it weren't for the fact that the cost of that carelessness is really great. The cost of that carelessness is people living in anxiety, people living in fear with insecurity, having a shattered sense of self. That's the cost of this. And so tonight I want to talk about the genius of words. The genius of words. And while we're all here, I mean, it would only be right to take a poll because we have a room full of people, different demographics, everyone with different life experiences and online. So what I'm going to get you to do is to raise your hands. This is like Mythbusters right now, okay? Raise your hand firstly. Raise your hands if you've seen Mythbusters. Raise your hand. Oh, yes, you good Aussie classics. I mean, it's not an Aussie show, but I like to think it's an Aussie classic. I remember it being on ABC3. Anyways, um, but what we're going to do is we have this perfect opportunity to test a myth or to test a theory. And so online, send your hands up emojis in the room. You can just raise your hand. But raise your hand if you've ever heard this saying, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Raise your hands if you've heard it. Great, everybody. Now keep your hands raised, keep them up there, keep them up high, sorry, online, keep sending those emojis. Now keep it up. If someone's ever said something mean or careless or negative or hurtful to you. Okay, pretty much everyone. Now keep your hand up if that thing is something that you still think about occasionally. It's on your mind, you remember it, it's quite clear. And keep your hand up if it still has a little bit of emotional weight to it. If it's still maybe a bit heavy on your soul. If it's still something that you think of and there's a bit of pain attached there. Okay, so most of us have definitely heard harsh words. Most of us can remember them. And a few of us actually still feel the weight of that. And I think it's really, it doesn't take much to see that sticks and stones make you break your bones. 
And words can definitely hurt you. (laughs) I'm not so sure that's a very apt saying the more that I think about it. But I can really appreciate why we say it. I can appreciate the need to protect ourselves from what other people might say. You know, we cannot control what other people say about us or to us. We, we can't. There's nothing I can do, nothing you can do to a certain extent to control that. And if we try, we're going to go insane because people will always take issue with us. There are millions and billions of people on this planet. Odds are one of them's not going to be that big of a fan of you, and that is okay. But I think it's important that we understand that words are not something that have no weight. Words are not something that we can just throw away. There's actually a power to them. And I think in order to feel better, we've actually tried to take the weight out of them. We've tried to take the sting out of words by falsely calling them powerless and putting on the brave face and saying, sticks and stones, they'll break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But the problem is, is that every hand has felt the sting of words. The problem is, is that a majority of us can still feel the weight of some of those words. The problem is that I remember, and you probably remember, words that have been said to you 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, and they still ring in your mind, and they might even be shaping the life that you lead today and the way that you engage the world. Words are hardly powerless. And in Proverbs 18, 21, it actually says this. It says, The tongue has the power of life and death. The power of life and death. And in the message translation, it says it like this. Words kill and words give life. They're either poison or fruit, and you choose. You know, I can also remember kind words. Words of compassion, words of encouragement, the things that people said to me that actually made me push harder for what I wanted in life, the words that made me think more of myself, the words that made me stir up and actually seek out my potential. There are words just as much as the ones I remember that hurt that are actually still fueling some of the passions that I have today. Words can give give life, but they can also become like death. And we need to understand the balance of these things. In Proverbs 16, 24, it says, Kind words are like honey. They're sweet to the soul. They're healthy to the body. And you know, science speaks to this. It's not an original thought. I'd love to claim it as an original thought, but it's not. It's in the Bible. Humans have had this concept for thousands of years that sweet words are good for you, that unkind words are not good for you, that the harsh words can actually bring death and destruction into your life. And I think science is probably going to explore that for a very long time. We're very curious people, but if it's okay, while we're gathered you know, together as the church, I'd love to explore maybe a God concept of why those words are so powerful, of why they actually can bring life to us. And in Genesis 1 verse 3, it says this, and it says this in one minute because I just need a sip of water. In Genesis 1 verse 3, it says, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And then in verse 6, it says, And then God said, Separate the waters of heavens from the waters of earth, and he created the sky. 
And then in verse 9, God said, let the waters flow together in one place so that dry ground may appear. And then in verse 11, God said, and he created vegetation, trees and plants. In verse 14, God said and created the moon, the sun, the stars. In verse 20, he created the fish, the creatures of the sky. When he spoke in verse 24, the animals of the earth. And in verse 26, God said and made mankind in his image. And we need to really stop pretending like words don't matter because we are literally created in the image of the God who spoke the entire universe into existence. And we have a small part of that within us. Our words can bring life or bring death. We are made in the image of a God who speaks and stars appear in the sky. And so we need to take ownership of that. We need to realize that there is a genius in the way we've been designed and created. And if we don't acknowledge it, we're going to be careless and maybe not even knowingly bring destruction into someone's world. And you know, maybe one day science is going to explain this a lot better, a lot better than I am. But for now, I'm just willing to have faith that I've been created in a very intelligent way, that I'm not designed by mistake, that there's something very intentional. There's a genius behind the way that I exist. And I'm going to live true to that. I'm going to live true to what the Bible tells me to do because I believe the Creator, that God is the only one who can instruct us on how to live our best lives. He knows how we're made and He wants to reveal the parts of us that are genius, that are going to bring life to the world. And so... We need to realize that the words we choose are going to shape our lives and they might just shape the lives of the people around us. Words are going to kill or words are going to give life. They're poison or fruit and we really need to choose. And luckily God has set the best example for us in all of his power, in all of his strength. He chose to speak and bring life. And I'm personally really grateful for that. I'm personally really grateful when the, that when God speaks, it's kind and loving and forgiving and merciful. And I really hope that as people who follow Jesus, as people who believe in Him, that we could do the same with our words and actually see life come to people who aren't living in it. And so... I want to talk about just some simple things that we can do. But I just wanted to say, you know, this isn't a message about not being mean. You know, I feel once we start saying sticks and stones, we automatically think of like the playground bully. And, you know, I just think that's a really, just a low level way of thinking. I don't think any of us are mean. I don't think any of us are intentionally trying to go out of our way to hurt people or be cruel or unkind. But what I do think, is if we don't realize the power in our words and the way that we've been created, we might unintentionally do those things anyway. And so the first thing we need to do is recognize that our God is an incredible God and He spoke the universe into existence. And in just a, the smallest of ways, we reflect that in how we speak. But what a gift to be able to bring life to people in our world. What a gift to be able to speak to someone and actually pull them up out of their situation, actually encourage them, give them compassion, excite them, inspire them the way that God has for us. And so this is an incredible thing, but it's not about empty positivity and being fake. It's about genuinely 
being excited that people are going to be released to find out who they truly are in Jesus' name, not held back by the harmless words of people and the voices that build insecurity into our life, but who Jesus has actually called us and created us to be. Because it can get very cloudy when the voices of the world always want to tell you about who you are and why you're here, and what your purpose is. And we need to make sure that the loudest voice is a voice of life, is a voice of affirmation, is a voice of God who loves and wants everyone to live up to the potential that He has placed within them. And so there are just three, this is really simple. I haven't, they're not, they might not sound as, um, I don't know what the word would be, life-changing as they could be. But the first thing really simply is we need to speak life and repeat. This is about consistency. It's about building a habit. It's about not developing this default setting where we just have all these throwaway sayings. Oh, I don't really like that about myself. I don't really like this. That's not great. Where we just develop this language that without even realizing it, We're actually speaking, well, not life, into our situation. And you know, the truth behind consistency is that the thing you hear more becomes more valid to you than the thing that is true. And that's really dangerous in today's world. That's what propaganda is based on. The more you see it, whether it's true or not, it becomes more valid to you as a person. And so we need to make sure that we are consistent, that this is a habit, that this is a lifestyle, this is a practice we engage. We wake up and it's our intention to speak life because we have the power of life and death in the words that we speak. And we need to be aware of that. And we need to build a culture within ourselves. And because we know culture spreads, culture catches. And very quickly, the person who wants to speak destruction or not be a person of life is not going to enjoy your company. Because if for every rainy day you have a sunshiny sky, they're going to get so sick of you. Or even better, they're going to start to see the sunshiny sky. They're going to start to hear your language so much that maybe they question, maybe this isn't as bad as I'm talking about it. Maybe this isn't an issue. Maybe it's not that bad. Maybe I can actually like this part of myself. Maybe I am actually good at this. Maybe I could actually achieve this thing I've always wanted to, but people told me that I'm not good enough. Just imagine the consistency and repetition that will become valid in people's lives in a way that is going to transform them. And the second thing is, we need to, and I realized after I wrote this that it doesn't sound like what I mean it to, but talk slow. And I don't mean like talking slow. I realized after I wrote it, that's what it looks like. But we need to be slow to speak. That's what we need to do. You know, James in the Bible, he speaks to the tongue. There's a whole section called the I think taming, taming of the tongue sounds a bit dramatic. It might be taming the tongue. Um, but he says we can never truly do it. We would be perfect if we never spoke a bad word. But what he does say in chapter 1 verse 19 is, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. You know, maybe we need to learn to breathe before we respond. 
Maybe we need to learn that because of the incredible power God has placed within us, there's a responsibility not to be reactive. There's a responsibility not to let emotion bubble up and harm people. There's a responsibility to be actively thinking of how can I bring life into this situation right here and right now. We need to make sure that we are not being quick to speak because I think for most of us, If we've said something harsh to someone, it's probably just a moment of carelessness. I don't think many of us here are seeking out people that we can, ooh, I don't like their shoes, I'm going to go and tell. Like, I don't think that we're doing that. I think that for most of us, they're words we wish we could bite right back out of the air. They're words that as soon as we say them, we know that we have just messed up. We've made a mistake in a moment. We've maybe ruined a friendship or said something harsh to a parent or a friend, or maybe we've just said something completely that's discouraged someone and we've realized it's not even true. We were just in the moment. We just didn't take a minute to breathe. Give yourself, allow yourself a moment to breathe. A wise person takes time to respond. It's not about being quick. It's about taking responsibility of the power of life that you have within you. And the third thing is really simple. And I feel like it's in most of my messages, but I just think that it's a cornerstone to everything. And that's read your Bible. You know, truth can be distorted And it can be trumped by consistency. So what's most consistent in your world? If it's social media, you might not be experiencing real truth. You might not be experiencing God's truth, which is the only truth we should be really concerned with. But if we're seeing constantly this attack of you need this and you need that and you need to do this and you need to do that and oh I'm not as successful as this person or I need to learn how to get this item or man I wish I looked like that like people are getting plastic surgery in their 20s like my good it does not get younger I I watched this tutorial the other day and these two guys were going oh we wish we had skin like her but the girl in the tutorial was 14 and I was like of course she has young skin she's a child but People are being filled with this constant truth that we need to look young, we need to not have wrinkles, we need to do this, we need to be more athletic, we need to be more fit, we need to be more rich, we need to have more homes, we need to do all of these things to be whatever today's definition of successful is. And all of a sudden, what is the truth? What is the real truth? We need to read our Bibles and make sure that we are actually aligning our truth with God's truth. Otherwise, we are going to find ourselves very discontented and likely speaking in a way that does not bring true life to people. Because just because it's your truth does not make it God's truth, does not make it something that's going to bring life. We need to stop and think about what we're going to say, but we need to make sure that we are actually in the Word of the living God who instructs us on all things to do with life. You know, in James 3 verse 9, it says this, We use our tongue to praise God, our Father, and then we turn around and curse a person who was made in His very image. Out of the same mouth, we pour out words of praise one minute and curses the next. My brothers and sisters, this should never be. You know, when you realise everyone's reading the same Bible as you, you start to treat people very 
differently because you realise that when God said that to you, He said that to them. When God said, I love you, I have grace for you, I have a plan for you, He said that to them as well. And so if you don't read that, if you're not taking that in, we might end up like this person, like James is saying, praising God at church, so grateful to be here, and then just throwing words at people that bring them destruction in their life when you're praising the very God who created that person in His image and gave them a plan and a purpose, it's so easy to get confused when God's truth stops being our truth. So let's read our Bibles because words can kill and words can give life. They're either poison or fruit and we need to choose. So I just have a few questions for us to help kind of summarize this because I think it's something each of us needs to take home and think about. You know, I think there's a moment when you realise that there's a lot more to this than just choosing to be positive. It's about understanding what it means to have the power of life just in your mouth. It changes everything. Maybe I need to pay more attention when I'm talking to people at work. Maybe I've missed an opportunity to bring life to someone. Maybe instead of just walking past someone in the morning, I can actually engage a conversation with them, not just to kill time or to be friendly. But what if my words have the power to bring life to that person? And what if once they start to see that life, they want to know where it comes from and it comes from Jesus? That's a doorway. That's an opportunity, not just to change their life, but to change the lives of everyone around them. Jesus has a ripple effect. Jesus never just affects you. Your faith is always expressed outwardly. It should always come out of you. It should bubble up. And so just a few questions for us. And the first one is, do I recognise and value the genius that God has placed within me? Do you actually recognise that there's power in it? You know, when you think about words that you've heard, words that have been spoken to you, do you acknowledge that some of them have genuinely encouraged and stirred you on for years? And in the same way, some have really held you back and brought a bit of chaos, a bit of darkness to you. You know, I think every single one of us, if we can wrestle with that, we can agree that there is something incredible in words, but I think God designed them so that we could bring life. See, the best thing about God is that He is goodness and love and truth and mercy and grace and everything good that we can think of. And that's why when He speaks, there's life. But we need to watch ourselves because there are other things within us. We're not perfect. And so if we're not careful, very quickly, our mouth starts speaking out something other than what God's intended it for. And the second question is, how can I determine to be intentional with my words so that they are fruit and not poison? You know, we don't want to be careless. We don't want to realise that the words we throw away are the words that actually stop someone from pursuing something. Imagine if you found that out years later and you were like, oh, I didn't even mean that. I just thought it was funny. But someone's genuinely taken that on their heart and it's changed the course of their life. Let's make sure if anyone's life is changed because of the words we say, it's for the better. Let's make sure that we were the voice where they said, you know what, everyone told me I couldn't do that, but you said I could. And so I chased that and I have it. You know, that's the sort of people we wanna be. That's the sort of legacy we wanna create with the words of our mouth. We have so much power in what we say. And the next question is when I speak, Do I take the time to first think about what will bring life into the situation? 
You know, am I actually reflecting the living God who believes in life and creation and beauty and wonder? Or am I just not paying attention and saying something that's gonna bring a bit of darkness and chaos into someone's world? And the fourth question is, do I consistently return to the Bible to be reminded of the truth of who I am and who others are in the eyes of Jesus? See, the biggest mistake is that in the busyness of life, we make God so personal that we forget that He made every single one of us and that He's as true for me as He is for you and for the person next to you and your neighbour and that person that you really don't like. That's cool if you don't get along with them, but don't think that God likes you more than He likes them. That's a big mistake. God's love is equal. He loves us all. He wants everyone to come to Him. There's not a single person that He's gonna be like, no thanks, I was good without them. You can just keep being mean to them. Like God actually cares about every single person. He wants to see them come home and we need to develop that heart. Reading our Bible is gonna help us with that. But I encourage you, start to develop a heart that wants to see people meet Jesus, that wants to see people engage life. This isn't a message about not being mean. This is a message about being aware that you have the power of life in your mouth, that you can transform people's lives, not because of who you are, but because of the genius that God has placed within you. And I just, I would love to see a world where people don't live their lives out of the insecurities that others have placed in them. Like if you never had an insecurity, I wonder where you would be right now. Because God says you've been made perfect and God has a plan for you. And so everything else should be secondary, but it's not. We know the words of people get into our spirit. We could even hear a call from God that says, I want you to pursue this and go, yeah, but I'm not really very good at that. I remember, I remember someone told me once. And we start listening to the careless words of people over the voice of God. You know, we need to be careful. We need to listen. We need, sorry, we need to read our Bibles. We need to remind ourselves of the truth of Jesus. And we need to be determined not to be the reason that someone else is experiencing a lack of life in their journey. And so I'd love to pray for us if you'd love to stand tonight. You know, I think all of us have experienced a bit of the sting of words, but we've also experienced the life of words. And if you close your eyes right now, I'd just love to pray for all of us that we could get maybe a fresh revelation of, of the power and the genius within us, the power to speak life and that we would be encouraged to do that. And so, Father God, I just thank You right now for every person that's listening. And I pray that You would remind us, God, of the incredible way that You've designed us, that You've created us. Father, we thank You that we have the power to bring life, to bring change, not just in our world, but in the worlds of people around us. Father God, I pray You would help us not to be careless, not to be reckless with our words and to actually get a real heart to see people live life well, God, Father. We just pray that You would excite us and encourage us to, to speak life over every person that we meet, God, to be intentional, to actually want to see people meet You and experience the life that You have for them. In Jesus' Name we pray, Amen. And you know, while we're in this moment, if you would say that you're not on a journey with God and you may be not even sure what that looks like, I'd love to encourage you that it's really simple to start. 
You know, God is already here. God already knows you. He's just waiting for you to take the step to get to know Him. And so I encourage you now, if that is you, it's as simple as just saying in your heart, you know, Jesus, I want to know you. And we would love to you know, help you on that journey and really equip you. And uh, Pastor Levi is going to share more with you about that. But I encourage you, you know, a relationship with Jesus is the best relationship. If you want to know what life looks like, if you want to know the power of the words that Jesus has spoken over you, then I encourage you, this is a great next step for you. And so I'm going to hand over to Pastor Levi.